how do you start charging and like what does that look like that feels good and then knowing like when that three month container is up raise your rates and just keep building stepwise from there Do you ever come across a coaching program and wonder how they sold it, why they built it, and what life looks for them day to day? From that very first client to the 10th, 100th, and 1,000th client, I want to know all the details. I'm Michelle Rockwood, and I teach life coaches how to sell their coaching for thousands, without scripts and with your entire heart and soul. Join me as we deep dive behind the scenes into some of the world's most successful coaches from 25,000 to 25 million and everywhere in between. What I love when I was reading about you um, was the CEO mindset. I know I've kind of played with this idea over the years and it, it, that hasn't really meant anything to me until recently. Like what is the CEO mindset? What does that mean? And it came into play for me recently in hiring people and helping give them autonomy and an ability to think for themselves and all of all of those types of things. What do you what do you mean when you say CEO mindset? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do often hear like once it gets bigger than yourself, right? You're starting to have to see yourself in a different way because a lot of people are like, "Oh, I kind of have this, you know, business or I kind of have this like, you know, side side gig things like that, but really what does that mean to be able to say like no, you are an entrepreneur. You are the CEO of your business. And to really be making some of those big decisions, right? Like, especially because for us as women, the way that we were raised as girls, we were really told what to do a lot, right? So there's that piece of it when you're starting your business. You know, maybe you have 101 ideas and that's great, but like, how do you really say like strategically, this is what I need to do to get my business, you know, where I wanna be in three years or where you wanna be in five years. And just all the skills that that takes into, um, you know, being able to, we know like a big piece of, of sales, right? Is rejection, like overcoming objections and not taking that personal. Like if you are on a consult with your dream client and they say no to working with you, like how do you handle that and how do you move on from that? Or when you're starting your business and your bank account isn't maybe reflective of the energy and effort you're putting into your business. Like it's really kind of that piece of like, how do you mentally, you know, build that resilient and then also to be able to execute and make those decisions to really make sure that your business is thriving and that you're thriving no matter what. I loved exploring this concept of CEO mindset as I was listening to you speak around sales specifically. And I was thinking, okay, how does this apply to the sales conversation? And I was thinking to myself, a CEO, you wouldn't be late to a meeting for a CEO. You wouldn't show up with your camera off, with your house a mess behind you, without clothes on, proper clothes on. You know, a CEO wouldn't follow up with you for three calls, right? A CEO wouldn't lower their price or change what yep. it is they're offering on a call, you know? So I started to really explore that concept of a CEO mindset, um, when it comes to sales. And that was really, really fun. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's at that executive presence, right? Like how are you leading in your business and leading the sales calls, right? There's yeah, a big absolutely. So you, okay. Speaking of business, you came with a lot of business experience. Is that right? 
Yes, I had, um, prior to starting my business, I had done, um, I was a HR business partner um, in corporate for 14 years. And then um, on the side, I'm like air quotes, <laughs> I was running a woman's entrepreneur, or excuse me, a woman's volunteer group in my hometown. So I had um, had gotten experience from serving on the board and then was asked to step up as the president. So very cool. So I, I heard that you got that last paycheck, right? From your corporate job. And you were like, yes. oh shit, <laughs> what <laughs> do I do now? Um, what did you do now? And how did you go from walking <laughs> away from a steady income to stepping into that first coaching clients? I totally had, you know, they say fight fight, fight or freeze, freeze. And I had gotten freeze so bad. I ended up, um, this was back in the day. So, uh, round one of Dexter, I was like binge watching Netflix. Right. <laughs> and I like got to the end of the week and I was like, okay, you know, talking about CEO mindset, it's like, okay, if something doesn't change, you're going to have to go back. So it's okay to be scared. Cause you're doing something really big. You've never done before. And you need to pull yourself out of this. And so my desire to make sure my business was successful and that I didn't fail was like the motivator to be like, okay, whatever I need to do to not have to go back to corporate. <laughs> love it. Love it. So like, what did you do? Tell me, like, I need details. No, no it actually, it actually correlated with my birthday. Um, so one of my good friends has in, had invited me to come visit her. So it gave me a little bit of a chance to step away from it all. And then I had found um, Help a Reporter Out, which back in the day was like the big new way to get your own like PR. And so I was like, I'm just gonna uh, reply to one of the one of the asks and see what happens. So they picked up my quote on a national blog. And then the next thing I know, someone reached out and asked if I would be their coach. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 what's, what's magic her out? Are you in, are you in Canada? Where are you located? No, I'm in um, the good old United States Midwest. I live between Madison and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, some people know it as Haro. It's um, help, a, yeah, help a reporter out. So it's one of those platforms where journalists and even like sometimes podcast hosts like yourself, they put out like, I have a topic on weight loss, or I have a topic on women starting businesses, like any topic you could ever imagine. And then they say that they need like experts to be able to share, you know, quotes or help write an article or be a guest on a podcast. And then you can pitch yourself. So even though I'd never done that, and I thought that sounded kind of scary, I was like, but this seems like this would be cool because it's free. So over the years, I've, I've been able to book like, you know, probably six figures in free PR doing things like that. Wow. That is so cool. So cool. Okay. So you, you got your first coaching client from this experience. Yeah. So I should, I should clarify first coaching client after leaving my full time to do my business full time. But by this point, I'd already been doing, um, coaching and coach training and things like that for several. And you're, you're a certified coach. Yeah. Yeah. Putting your yeah. sign up and <laughs> charging. So, okay. What did I like? Literally I'm a details person. What, like, what did you charge? What did you say? How did you know what to offer? Was it clumsy that first client reached out to you and, and how did that go? Yeah. So because I had already had other clients, like truly when it was my first client, first client, what I did was I, my coach 
you know, dared me to send an email telling people like why I was in coaching, what got me excited about it and off like what I was offering and send that out to hundred people on my network. And what ended up happening was that my cousin's friend read the email and was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what my older sister needs, forwarded to her. And she reached out and I don't know, I think I maybe did like three months for like $375 or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, um, just kind of one of those things where I was kind of thinking about, you know, like how do you start charging and like, what does that look like that feels good? And then knowing like when that three month container is up, raise your rates and just keep building stepwise from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you had a year of one-on-one clients before you did group six months, a month, how long until you started Um, your group? That, so I ended up doing about like four or five years of one-on-ones because I hadn't necessarily thought that I was doing group coaching because I ended up as soon as I left corporate I started doing speaking and I got really you know some women say lucky but like I know it was my hard work paying off but the first speaking gig I ever landed was a paid speaking gig and so I kind of built that up and so it was kind of like thinking about you know how I wanted my business to grow. And then I kind of had thought like helping that nonprofit with their group programming and doing the consulting. And then they had me be a business coach for it. It was like, I really like this. I like the group thing. Like Geminder means community and German. And so I've always been one to really like to have that community component because entrepreneurship can be lonely, right? So like, how can we come together and support each other and grow together? Very cool. So I can't move past the speaking gig. I want to know more about this. <laughs> Somebody told me recently I'm writing a book and they were like, oh, you got to do speaking, paid speaking gigs. And I was like, how does one do that? It's yes. just like, you know, you open up a new chapter and a new chapter of possibilities Absolutely. as to where you can bring your business and coaching. Absolutely. And, and you don't want to chase, I don't want to chase everything, you know, you really want to focus. Um, but tell me more about, you know, is this is this $5,000? Is this, you know, how how does that work? Tell me a little more. Yeah. And and it's just like coaching as well with kind of having that entry level price point and then keep building on it when you get those referrals and testimonials and the bigger clients. Right. Um, But what it was for me is that, so seven, the first seven years of my corporate HR job, I really enjoyed. And I just kept, you know, growing, but then there was kind of that piece where I was like more excited about what I was doing in leading the, the women's volunteer organization. So that kind of got me thinking about like, what was next? So the next seven years were a really like a harder transition for me. And so that piece of it, I spent a lot of time instead of reaching out, <laughs> which I recommend to everyone, like get a coach, get a mentor, you know, get someone to get with accountability, but I didn't at that point. And so I was self-taught. So I read like every blog, every TED talk, like everything I caught on, like motivation and discipline. And like, I'm really ambitious and I couldn't figure out like, even though I know I'm not in the right place, like what's stopping me from like going to another company or starting my own job? Like I couldn't figure that piece out. So because I had done all this research, when I left, I had approached, um, there's an insurance company in Wisconsin that's really well known. And um, I had approached them because they had just opened up this community event space and they were having different speakers come in, different community experts and share about their expertise. And so I had a meeting with the woman that was running it at the time. 
And I told her, I'm like, this is what I've been through. You know, this is all I have, you know, to share. Um, and she was like, okay, if you take the stage and you bring that energy, people are gonna love you. So they booked me and I got, I got, um, was so grateful because they actually brought in a professional photographer and a professional videographer. So right from day one, <laughs> I know I just, it, it's, it's, you know, it's like Gabby Bernstein's like says the universe has your back. And I, I really believe that like God has been so good on my, you know, entrepreneurial journey for sure. Hey there, my heart centered coaching friends. As a sales coach, the most common question I get is how do I overcome the money objection? And I get it. Helping clients understand the value of your coaching takes practice. So in response to your request, I created a super amazing mini training just for you. But it's not what you think. It's going to forever change how you look at objections and buying questions. I've even created a cheat sheet just for you to help you set the stage for a yes before you even say hello. Head on over to michellerockwood.com forward slash sales and grab it today. Okay. So today, where are you finding clients? That is a great question. And I, I find clients a lot of different places. Um, you know, I have been trying to come to a place of like, to me, it's all about like relationship building. And so I kind of figure out like, with like the relationships I want to build and like who I am and what I have to offer, like, how do you provide value, right? Like, how do you provide value and then build those relationships? So one of the things I have been doing that has worked really well is, um, was, is to be able to do part of my skills to pay the pills program has been, um, we do, uh, co-working sessions that I kind of mentioned earlier, those study halls. And so they were really popular through the programming. And one of my clients was like, Oh, it'd be so cool if we could do this in between. And so it all of a sudden just like click for me to say, Hey, what if I offer these as like complimentary as like pop-ups. Right. And then to be able to like bring people to it. And if they are, you know, then you can build relationships with, you know, with potential clients and they can build relationships together. So there's been lots of success stories about people, people being able to grow their client base that way. And I've had people that have, you know, joined and worked with me through that as well. What a great idea. I love that. How simple you're already doing it anyway. And then you open it up to others. They get to come in. That's amazing. So that's, you know, one thing you're doing now when you first started this, your group coaching program, you know, were you building your email list over the years, your social media, you know, you've been on 30 podcasts, so we know you're doing that. <laughs> you're speaking, yeah. uh, you know, that's yeah. one great way for me to get, yeah. it, it's almost just an automatic. It's like, okay, can I show up and talk? And then people yeah. just reach out to you. I'm like, oh, that is magic. Um, but yeah, take, take us back to more of the, where clients are, are finding you. Yeah, absolutely. I think you with bringing up the speaking piece of it, that has been huge to be able to have that because it's wonderful to be paid, but at the same time too, it's like, you know, most of the events that I, um, you know, I get booked for, I talk to them really early on in the process to say, you know, can I get your email list for this? Or like, how can you build in that extra layer of like, you know, how is this an added value for me, especially maybe, you know, some organizations or nonprofits that maybe don't have, you know, the budget that I would normally ask for, you know, to come in and speak to groups too. So to be able to like do that 
and then to be able to put them on your email list and to be able to like nurture and grow the relationship that way. Last year I launched a newsletter. So I've been doing that once a month. And then I'm always able to provide, I do curated resources. So like books and articles I'm reading. Um, typically I'm able to provide like, for example, um, when this drops, I'll be sharing that out with them, right? So it's like different resources that I'm able to share. I have freebies, you know, I have invites to different, you know, VIP, um, you know, talks and things like that, the, the study hall I mentioned. So it's all about, you know, providing that value and then being a resource when they need you or when someone in their network, you know, for example, like I had a woman who reached out to have me speak last year. She had heard me speak like four years ago and had put it in the back of my mind that if I ever get in a position where I need a women's business coach, you know, to speak and to share that perspective. And so she had just taken over as the head of her company's employee resource group. And so she reached out and, and it was an awesome experience. What about, what about, we talked a little bit before we went on about men versus women um, in business and why that in sales and how that looks and feels so differently and ignoring it is unfair, right? To both sexes. And uh, yep. can you speak to that? Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes people think about it, like kind of the bro marketing piece of it, really like the really aggressive sales. And so there's so many clients that I've worked with that don't, you know, they're like, I don't like sales. Sales is sleazy. And, you know, all these kind of stories that they're telling themselves. And it's like, you understand, like if you're bringing that energy into your consult or discovery session or whatever you call it, right? Like that's not probably someone that's going to want to work with you right? Versus thinking about, you know, what value are you bringing to them where they are at, right? Like whatever challenge or opportunity that they're wanting to work with and meeting them where they're at, right? And doing it that feels good with you. Again, that piece of it, like you kind of, you know, just alluded to like, you know, having that flow in your business, but kind of thinking about like, what are the pieces of it that, you know, are really feeling like more kind of bringing some of that, you know, feminine energy, right? Like listening to your intuition and thinking about like, is this a good match for us? And, and what are some of the things that are coming up for you when you have different consults with people to really be able to like be focused on that, right? Sometimes we get so nervous or we're just, you know, in a place too, especially as like a newbie and you can probably like relate, you know, back in the day when you were in that position too, but like every consult, meant so much like we put so much pressure on ourselves right like when you are in that place and it's like if you bring in more of that scarcity mindset too right thinking about that piece of it but really you know kind of going back to like thinking about like the female versus the masculine and stuff like that is that you know there's even pieces of like maybe how we are raised like sometimes i think about like what are the things that we need to unlearn around like our money mindset Right. And like for us as women to be able to like ask for what we need and what our value is versus kind of like we talked about, you know, earlier, like discounting everything. Right. Or giving away. And I sometimes I don't even see the discounting piece. It's like, I like you. So I'll just work with you for free. You yep. know? Yep. Yep. That inner work of sales is yeah. so essential for yes. women or folks that identify um, more female and with female tendencies or qualities, stereotypical 
of a woman, you know, we really need to get right with money, understand our spouse and our relationships in order to support others around theirs, really understand time and that objection and what people are thinking and going through there. And sales is so much, there's so much communication that's nonverbal, right? Just in every day. And so when we have any of those thoughts going through our head as a woman, we can't hide it where men, I think, can kind of push through a little bit more. They're okay with this chasing mentality and other ways of working, which we just aren't. It feels icky to us. And um, so, yeah, it's really fun to kind of redefine that for women and rewrite the the script on what sales is supposed to be and meant to be. And then coaching, I think a lot of people don't realize, I wonder if you would agree with this, that coaching is really a different sales skill set. You're not selling a widget. You're not selling something they can tangibly hold, you know, so you have to be able to start the relationship off in a certain way. That's going to last you three, six, nine, a year into the future, years, four years in in your case. And so it's so different, so different from chasing or getting somebody to join or tricking them or, you know, of course don't trick people, but Yeah. No, but I think like with you saying that, like it brought up too, is like for us as coaches, you know, there is that piece of like, not necessarily people like intending to trick people, but sometimes those sales conversations don't even feel safe for the people that are thinking about working with us because they have quote unquote been tricked before, or maybe that's what they're feeling like, because you know, that's the thing that coaching is a wild, wild west. Like a lot of coaches aren't certified. A lot of coaches aren't trained. A lot of coaches, they're not intending to do harm necessarily, but they may have, you know, promised the moon. (laughs) And so people have been maybe, you know, have worked with someone else that it hasn't gone as well as they would, you know, and so they're worried about getting burned again. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you handle pricing, Laura? Do you have kind of a philosophy around how you raise your rates or what goes into consideration in your mind as you think about raising your rates? Yeah. And I, that's one of the things that I really work on a lot with the women that I work with just because so many are undercharging, you know, so it's really thinking about what your value is and then continuing to build on that. For example, like I had a woman that I was working with that we had created, um, we were working together for six months for $5,000. And at the end of that, there was like that next level in the business, more ideas, more ways for us to work together. And so, you know, we talked about what does that look like? She's like, yep, I'm there. And that was the great time to say, okay, you just had all these results. Like, of course I've known her, you know, successes and all the clients that she signed, right. To, to be able to say, okay, let's raise, you know, like, let's talk about raising the rates. And so if you want to work together for six more months, you know, now the price is, you know, 7,500, but continue to like move that up based on the value you're bringing. And like for myself too, I just submitted all my paperwork for my PCC, which is the next level for my certification through the International Coach Federation. Um, You know, so thinking about, you know, the time and energy and all those like high level skill sets you're bringing to each client to be able to make sure that your value is well represented. Because that's the thing too, is like, if you're undervaluing, if you're undercharging, 
that's probably at some point you're going to feel, you know, frustrated or resentful or just kind of yucky about the client relationship. And, and what is that going to look like when you show up and fe- feeling a bit resentful because your time's not being fully valued or you can't take more clients at a higher price point because you have these clients that you've maybe like, I hear women sometimes say like, I had one graphic designer I worked with years ago that she had like grandfather people in. So she had this one client she'd been working with for seven years and had never once raised her price. Yeah, and it wasn't feeling good. It's like, of course <laughs> it's not feeling good. Like, gas <laughs> has gone up, like rent or mortgage has probably gone up. Like everything in the world has gone up in seven years and you're still trying to make it off of that price you initially quoted them because she was so scared to have that conversation. And if that doesn't serve her, that doesn't serve the client, no one, absolutely not. She's not showing up at her best. Yeah. Laura, what is your, for a new coach coming into the coaching scene, they've completed their certification. What do you think are the top three things that they should focus on first as they get going? Oh, what came up right away was stay in your lane. (laughs) Um, Just thinking about there's so, I mean, just because there are so many coaches and we can kind of get into that comparison game, um, which can, you know, the the mind tricks that really can play on us, but, um, you know, stay in your lane. I think being able to um, really focus on like rejection. And like, how can you take rejection and know that that isn't personal and take that, you know, sometimes people I've heard like, you know, make it into a fun game, like try to get 10 no's and maybe you'll get one yes in that. But, you know, I just remember like really early on being like so attached, especially like those dream clients, right? Like you're like, oh, but it was the perfect client. And I had a, a call like probably about six months ago where I felt that same way and we didn't end up working together. And I was like, you know what? It, it's meant to be. And it was such a switch, right? To be able to like have so much peace around it and maybe we'll work together in the future, but I gave it my all. And if that wasn't what's gonna sign that client, then you know maybe she's meant to work with someone else or maybe the time isn't right. And then the other that I would be is kind of going, what I said earlier is really that value of relationships and to really kind of build out your community and your, your networking. That one I think is almost my favorite of all those three that you've said, only because I feel like we've really lost that. And it's almost a coming back to basics for me right now is remember that that's what matters is the relationships, the networks, connections, genuinely helping people and doing an amazing job. And so I love that staying in your own lane, really getting right with rejection, <laughs> enjoying those, those no's and value of relationships and, and that just being of service. I, I love your suggestion of the study hall and just opening that up to others, how simple and kind of profound, right? Just yeah. come on, come on in. Here I am. Yeah. Uh, let's start a relationship this way. No strings attached. Absolutely. And even though I'm, you know, 10 years into my business, that's one I'm still working on, you know, growing as well. Like I did a ton of in-person before the pandemic and I moved towns and I'm not, you know, close to where I was, you know, even though I have work with, you know, clients all over the world, there were so many things that have changed for me in the last couple of years that it's like, I'm still kind of, you know, going back to that, like, how can I continue to grow relationships and meet new people and be of service? 
Absolutely. Well, Ken, as we wrap up here today, and thank you so much for this, this has been wonderful. Can you share with us a little bit more about your upcoming program, what that looks like, how folks can find out more about it? Absolutely. The Skills to Pay the Bills program is starting, kicks off March 31st with a blueprint session workshop. And the program is an eight week small group, very intimate, and we get really laser focused on gaining more clarity in your business so that you're able to grow your confidence, to be more visible, to attract those ideal clients, and to really grow your business in a way that's creating success on your terms. There's nothing cookie cutter about it. Everyone is really ambitious. They bring this beautiful energy together, but knowing that what that looks like to be able to do that in community, right? Like entrepreneurship can be a bit lonely. And what is it like to have people cheering you on and holding you a bit accountable, right? To be able to say, whether it's raising your rates, um, maybe you want to start, you know, speaking and, and monetizing that in your business. Um, whatever that looks like. Maybe you're hiring, maybe you have to have some of those conversations that you've been you know, putting off, but the mindset and the strategy you need to create that, that's really powerful foundation so that you have those skills that you're bringing and skills to pay the bills. And what is the website where they can find more information on the skills to pay the bills? LauraGeminder.com slash skills. Thank you so much. Anything you wanna say as we finish up here today? So happy to have you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to connect with you and your audience. Hey coaches. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you like the show, I have two asks for you. One, share the podcast with a coaching pal that could use support around sales. And secondly, leave a review in whatever app you're listening on. And if you'd like to learn more about selling your coaching unscripted, head to unscriptedsales.com or find me at Instagram at Michelle M. Rockwood. See you soon. Happy sales.